Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wow, Matt. Fellow adventurers, we are Sir Crokington and she is back. Sorry about taking a couple of days off. But I'm just going to move on. To the first Proving Grounds adventures. The Wade on Crowley's chair. Crowley's... I do not know how that is pronounced. It's spelled Q-U-A-R-I-S-T-A-E-N. Crowley's Maybe it's that. A lethal band of masked waders who fight with the skill of master swordsmen. A horde of savage trolls, forest trolls, thirsting for battle. A silent mage, his face concealed and his hands weaved in dark flame. And a a quiet frontier town marked for destruction. And you. Lucky you. Here we are. Select the wade under his collar. Part 1. A Wyvil Thick plumes of smoke billow into the late afternoon sky above the forested hills of Tysa's western frontier. Part 1. The first chapter. The Approach Your recent travels have taken you through the western parts of Tysa, over the backs of rolling forested hills that run up to the base of the towering Fedoin range and across a, la- a land both wild and remote. The people of this part of Tysa are for the most part a hardy folk, accustomed to the hardships of life on the rugged western frontier of the kingdom. It is an overcast, brisked, brisk late autumn afternoon that finds you following a well-worn road through the wooded hills on your way towards the town of Coristain. You've heard from more than one source that the town's songbird tavern boasts the best ale west of Talonus. The very thought of a frothing faggot before a warring fire is more than enough to temporarily put your aching, road-weary legs out of mind. All four of them. As you come about a sharp bend in the road, your eyes are un- unremarkably drawn to several plumes of thick black smoke rising above the top of the trees ahead. Your pulse quickens as a horrifying re- realization strikes you. Coristain is burning. You hurry towards the distant smoke, wondering what calamity has struck the remote frontier of town. As you draw near to the edge of Crow's train, through the town is not yet in sight. A group of people appear over the back of a small wise and move along the road towards you, pulling a small wooden cart behind them that bears, bears various possessions and several small children. As the party of seven approaches, you note the unmistakable look of fear affixed to every face, and you find yourself reminded of the remote wild nature of your frontier surroundings, where even a hardy populace can find itself vulnerable so far removed from the protective shadow of the crown. A slinking feeling wells up from the pit of your stomach as the people pass pass by and you behold their fearful empty stairs. Something is very wrong here. Turn back, stranger! There's nothing but death in that direction, says one of the men grimly, his face streaked with sweat and grime. He and another man are hauling along the cart that bears a stack of possessions and several small children. You ask the people what happened here, 
Another they do not stop. The same man who issued you the ominous warning answers your query. You heard that barely an hour ago, a band of masked horsemen descended on the unfortified town, smashing its meagre defences and killing any, anyone, any who dared draw arms against them. The men wielded long swords and we and fought with a degree of skill uncommon among the woving bandits that occasionally strike the frontier settlements. The faces of these waders were hidden behind painted masks of red and black that covered everything save their eyes. The story takes another unexpected twist when he tells you the masked men were not alone. You learn that a group of forest trolls in league with the horsemen, arrived shortly after and set about ransacking and burning the town, slaying anyone unfortunate enough to be unlucky enough to be caught in their path. You've never heard such screams in all your life, the man says. These beasts know nothing of mercy, and spared no one they came upon. They were looking for something, that is plain. I do not understand the brutality of their search. There are no hordes or witches to be found here. We now, f we now flee for our lives. For what little we could hope, we could hope would sustain us on the road. You would be wise to join us. For now, only death prowls that place. You press the man for any information about what the masked men and waders and the tall part counterparts might have been seeking. When suddenly. A woman walking up behind the cart speaks up. They were looking for Jathor, she says. I heard, I heard the men ask for Jathor. He's a mage who once serves as the magistrate. Though I dare say he's not been around our way for some time. His daughter, Uleri, is also a spellcaster. And she has recently taken up at his residence. I dearly hope that nothing ill has befallen her or her father. The refugees, the refugees tell you that there are still many transfer packed in Kara's train. Men, women and children are willing to linger about for any longer. The people pick up their pace and hurry along the road with the cart. You watch as they depart, hoping they will find safety in these wild paths. For a moment you flirt with the idea of fleeing with them. Leave behind the danger undoubtedly lurks in the burning frontier town. When suddenly, shrill, terrified screams ring out to your left. You turn and watch with mix of rage and disbelief as a small group of children dash along the road, pursued by two masked horsemen. The cruel eyes of the men peer out from behind the painted red and black masks that hide their faces as they ruthlessly bear down on the fleeing children, their swords, po swords poised to strike. You realise there is not a moment to spare. So, okay, I've got two options. Charge ahead, or use the power of illusion. I'm going to use the power of illusion, even if that's probably not what Sir Crookington is thinking of right now. She's probably thinking of violence, and that it is necessary right now. You call upon the power of illusion in an effort to escape the children escape from the masked riders. Channeling it! Succeeded. 8 XP to illusion. A cleverly weaved illusion of several townsfolk brandishing swords and cursing loudly the riders is enough to halt their pursuit of the fleeing children. They turn their cruel attention to the band of to the armed citizenry and move in that direction. As your illusionary band of arms townsfolk flees into the woods with the masked horsemen on their heels, you quickly move along along the edge of the world in the direction of Karistan. What? What? I've not killed them? Well, that's no good, but it's proving ground, so... You... You cannot repeat these things. You just can't. If I try to press, if you try and press quit, it you you cannot quit. It you literally cannot quit. 
I mean, it could close the game, but it'll just continue where you left off. Not far from where you first saw the smoke, you come upon a stone bridge that crosses the stream. Two masked swordsmen stand on the opposite side of their span. Their backs facing you as they appear to be keenly watching the road that leads up to town. Even from here, at the very edge of town, you can clearly see the flames that consume a large portion of the settlement as they flicker through the trees. You realise you need to somehow get past these two centuries if you are to make make it into town. Few options. Illusion. Elementalism. Attempt to sneak across cross the bridge and attack the two masked swordsmen, notch an arrow and take aim at the two masked men. Remain where you are and continue to watch the masked swordsmen. I'm going to do the bottom one. It appears your delay is ill-timed. Two masked swordsmen step out of the forest and join their cohorts at the foot of the bridge. As you testfully contemplate this unfortunate development, one of them subtly points in your direction and cries out, You've been spotted. As the four masked men start across the bridge towards you, you turn to flee, only you find yourself confronted by two masked swordsmen trotting across the bridge. Their swords drawn in anticipation of cunt. Trotting onto the bridge, their sword... Drawn in anticipation of cutting you down. You quickly realise that your only chance to evade combat will be leap over the edge of the bridge. Two mass swordsmen. Alright, just gonna kill these guys. They slash at you from the saddle and they are slain. 5 XP. The two swordsmen are dead. There was little time to weather and evict you, however, as you were immediately encircled by the four mass swordsmen from the front of the bridge. The survival instinct wears up as you realise you cannot possibly evade them. It will be a brutal fight to the finish. Okay, I'll just jump on one stab, jump on the other stab, and so on. Stab. Stab. Your foe cuts a deadly arc with his blade as the mass foes slash at you. And stab, stab. Stab, jump, stab, jump, stab, jump, stab, jump, stab. Down they all go in six rounds. The last of the five XP. The last of the masked men drop to his knees and you send him to the grave with a well-placed strike. Not wishing to linger on the bridge for a moment longer, you quickly make your way across it. When you reach the other side, you slip into the cover of the forest and carefully make your way through the trees to the outskirts of the ravaged frontier town and... The town of Crowis Chain has been largely destroyed. From your vantage point at the base of the small hill on the outskirts of town, you survey the disheartening scene. Much of the frontier town is ablaze. Wide columns of thick, dark smoke rise into the air as the ravaging flames consume what remains of the town's larger structures. Small groups of townsfolk run here and there in small groups many of them pursued by masked horsemen as they attempt to flee to safety. Anger wells up within you as your eyes fall upon the many bodies that litter the town's main thoroughfare. Several of the dead still clutch weapons in their rigid fingers, but a greater number on unarmed. And it is grimly obvious that no effort was made to spare women or children. A large fire blazes in the centre of the town, and a handful of mass men are engaged in tossing bodies onto it. The gruesome scene has only served to strengthen your resolve. You silently vow to avenge the victims of this heinous massacre, who you cannot help but question your own chances of victory against such overwhelming odds. Maybe this one knows where Jaffa is, comes the waspy voice from behind you. You spin around to behold an unexpected and entirely unwelcome sight. Moving out from behind you is, the mass is a mass swordsman flanked on either side by two hulking forest trolls. 
the hideous grey beast snarl, revealing mouths full of jagged, jagged, decaying teeth. As they shoulder, unshoulder large wooden clubs. Easy beasts, says one of the masked men with an unnerving air of contour. This is not one of the frontier rabble. Perhaps she can tell us where we might find the cowardly Jafar. If not, she can join the rest of the dogs on the fire. And that, that finishes this, this part. But there are plenty more parts to go. This part is Gwith and Pagrak. Begin. Moving, moving on the trees behind you is the mass swordsman flanked on either side by two hulking forest trolls. The hideous beast snarl, revealing mouthful of jagged, decaying teeth as they on shoulder large wooden clubs. Easy beasts, says the masked man with an unnerving air of confidence. This is not one of the frontier rabble. Perhaps she can tell us where we might find the cowardly Javor. If not, she can join the rest of the dogs on the fire. So where is Jafar? The two trolls grunt and step menacingly towards you, as if anticipating their master's next command. Though you haven't the slightest idea as to the whereabouts of the person about whom the masked man is inquiring, you are certain that betraying such information would neither help the plight of the town nor buy you any quarter. You stead you defiantly refuse to answer and assume a combat ready stance. The mass swordsman sighs heavily and nods at one of the trolls. Crush her, Griff. The wooden troll refers to his Griff, bellows loudly and raises his weighty wooden club. This is Griff, and he's going to die. The, the troll war savagely as it swings at you with its wooden club. And there we are. It is slain for 12 XP. The remaining troll bellows with rage as its counterpart strikes the ground dead. Were they brothers, perhaps? A hero indeed, says the masked swordsman, his voice laced with scorn. Finish this, Pagak! You step to the side. Narrowly avoiding the first swipe of the trowel, the troll's heavy wooden club, as the fearsome beast draws back to his draws back in arm in anticipation for a second swing. You step forward and counter the attack. It's Pargark. Begin combat. The troll, the troll wars savagely as it swings at you with its wooden club. The troll's powerful jaws lock onto you. As this fearsome creature attempts to tear flesh from your bone. Ooh, ten damage. My flesh. My beautiful, beautiful flesh. You'll pay for that as a sudden surge of energy overtakes. Takes you and you pay, lay an impossibly swift blow upon your enemy. And then I stab it too. Doing 26 damage in total. Oh, it's... it's the powerful troll's jaws have locked onto me again for 16 damage. But now, one final stab. Right in the heart. Slain. 13 XP. Pagrak's bloody, bloody carcass lands at your feet. And before you can even contemplate the next course of action, you're immediately set upon by the masked swordsman. He wields his blade with expert skill as he attempts to quickly cut you down. It's a masked troll master. Begin combat. The masked swordsman slices you with his, with his longsword. Your enemy deals you a savage, well-placed strike for nine damage. The masked... Oh, he slices again. But he fled before I could slice him to death. Well, okay, I, I did slice him, but then he ran away. He's fled from combat. You're not supposed to do that. The master of trolls slips out of melee range and flees into the forest. You're about to give chase when a loud grunt from behind you alerts you to a more immediate threat. 
Spinning around, you behold a pair of savage forest trolls looping towards you. Their lips curl back in hideous styles. Two savage forest trolls. I'm going to use the power of... Destruction. Neville Energy Blast. You assail, you assail your foe with a deadly blast of negative Neville Energy. The trolls snarl as a as they swipe at you with their deadly claws. More energy blast! They're blown up! Now they're just a pile of dust dispersing in the wind. Eight XP. All to destruction. A pile of troll carnage litters the ground at your feet. Although less and less with every second as more and more troll dust gets blown away. You step over the twisted remains of the trolls, not daring to relax your battle weary stance as another attack be imminent. A group of hawk townsmen run past, pursued by three masked horsemen, one of the riders, his leather breastplate partially concealed beneath an embroidered cape, veers aside, abandoning the pursuit and turns to face you, his eyes dart from the remains of the trolls and back to you several times he does not speak. Suddenly, his body begins to tremble, and dark flames envelop his gloved hands. His eyes roll back into his head, and he raises his hands, leavening them at you. Every instinct you have screams at you in grave danger. With a prolonged hiss, two bolts of flame streak towards you, streak forth at you, from the masked swordsman's outstretched hands of God. Three options. Dodge, gating, or fortification. Eh, gating. Succeeded. 16 XP to gating. A low hum fills the air as a swirling black portal opens to your white. You step into the vortex a split second before the two bolts of flame streak past you. Honestly, that's just dodging with extra steps. Hmm. Honestly, I think it would be way more impressive to open a portal in front of the projectiles. Especially if you can open the other, other side of the portal behind the guy who fired them at you. And then they get blown up by their own attack. Less than a split second later, you emerge from a portal a handful of feet from where, where you previously stood, having completely avoided the deadly attack. Without a word, the silent horseman signals with a raised hand, someone or something behind you. You warily come to confront the new danger, towards, stalking towards you across the thoroughfare. Alright, more to go. Surrounded. That's what this chapter is called. Without a word, without a word the silent horseman signals with a raised hand to someone or something behind you, you warily turn to confront the new danger, stalking towards you across the thoroughfare. The four massed swordsmen, their swords drawn and their cool eyes locked on you, are spreading out to surround you as they cross the thoroughfare. The silent horseman snaps his fingers loudly, and instantly each of their blades ignites and is enveloped in raging blue flames. The swordsmen depart. The horsemen man departs, cantering along the road and into the midst of the burning town, leaving you to face your enemies, whose weapons now burn with magical fire. As the swordsmen continue to close in, surrounding you as they draw near, you take a deep breath and still your nerves, which you realise may prove to be your final stand. Here streets of this burning frontier town your fate will be decided and as will theirs and it's to die their fate is to die by stabbing and fire the mass swordsman slap at you blue flame leaps from the tip of your enemy's sword and singes your flesh mm. You're using fire? I'm going to use fire. I'm going to 
elemental fury. A howling ice storm descends upon your enemy. Your fearsome elemental attack has momentarily stunned your thumb, your foe. Your enemy is unable to attack this round, but mostly because they're dead. Yes. <laughs> they're actually they're permanently stunned. <laughs> Thirty-seven XP. The four swordsmen are dead. The blaze of the swords, which once burned with blue flame, are now cold, very cold, and lifeless, intertwined amidst amongst the bloody body intertwined amongst the bloodied and shattered remains at your feet. You search their bodies and discover the following. Got four, three common swords, which aren't worth picking up. Common weapons are never worth picking up. They don't even boost your melee rating. But the sturdy longsword, I'll have that. And 96 gold, 92 gold tokens. Deflation. It, 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 it just happened in the middle of that sentence. With your heart still pounding furiously and your every sense alert for danger, you cautiously make your way into the heart of the burning town. Alright. The stables is part two. The rescues. The desperate cr- cries in the battle townsfolk serve as your guide your guide as you struggle through the smoke and flame that consumes much of the frontier town the stables begin you stick close to the western edge of Karas Chain's main thought there as you boldly but cautiously press deeper into the ravaged town the mounds of burning debris and the low hanging smoke that fills the streets offers adequate cover as you stealthily make your way into the midst of a of territory firmly held by the enemy. Right, that's, that's all of it, isn't it? Anywhere that's not within about three feet of me is enemy territory. Anything within three feet of me is my territory. Wherever I happen to be, it is mine. The terrifying shrieks of several townsfolk reach your ears, and you look look to the opposite side of the thoroughfare, where you witness four men and eight women being herded into the burning stables by three trolls. The large structure is almost entirely engulfed in flames, and you grimly surmise the savage creatures are doing nothing less than coldly executing the defenceless people. Anger overcomes your naturally cautious instincts, and you stride forward. And the three tall trolls whose backs are turned towards the three trolls whose backs are turned to you, preparing to engage the savage trio. You're halfway across the thoroughfare when suddenly a flaming arrow bends itself in the ground, only inches in front of you. You instinctively freeze and turn to face the direction of attack just in time to witness a second fiery shaft screaming through the air on a direct course for your chest. So I've got two options. Dodge or fortification. Fortification, of course. Challenge it. Succeeded. Eight. XP to fortification. The flaming arrow strikes your invisible barrier and slides harmlessly to the ground. You witness the masked archer who, who fired the shot, the shot shoulder with bow and stride off into the smoke and fire. With no further delay, you dash across the remainder of the thoroughfare and launch your attack on the unsuspecting trolls. Your attack catches the trolls off guard and you manage to dispatch, dispatch one of the foul beasts before the remaining two had a chance to counter your assault. The smaller of the two trolls snarls as it swipes at you with its long, thickly muscled arms, attempting to whip you to shreds with its fearsome claws as a forest troll. And I'm going to use a telekinetic blast! 
You strike your foe with a devastating blast of telekinetic energy. And it swipes with its claws. And more telekinetic energy. And just a final bit of telekinetic energy. It is slain. 8 XP. To telekinesis. Because that's what I just used. The remaining troll, a bit larger than his fallen cohort, shrieks with rage and bounds over to his fallen companion to akin to attack. You manage to repel the, the beast's initial assault and counter with an attack of your own. Oh, you want to see your friend again? Well, I can arrange that. Rafe touch! Wraith-like touch sends a deathly chill through your enemy. The troll swipes through his deadly claws. Join your friend in the afterworld. You have slain your foe. Not an XP to necromancy. Three trolls are dead. You step over the carcass of your last victim and prepare to enter the stables. In search of the townsfolk. The trolls have herded into the burning structure. Okay. A raging fire consumes the stables. Broad sheets of flame climb the walls. And thick black smoke hangs beneath the engulfed wolf. Woof. You realise this structure is not far away from collapse. And, that, and with that unsettling thought in mind, you set off on a perilous search for anyone still alive inside this inferno. As you make your way through the stables, you note that none of the horses that, that would have occupied its many stores are present. You surmise that either the massed attackers have taken them, or they were rescued early on by some, some of the townsfolk, and perhaps used in an escape. When you reach the back of the stables, you discover a dozen people huddled in, in the one corner the fire has not yet reached. Two of the men, two of the men in, the, in the group are hacking at the weir wall with, with small axes, desperately attempting to create a way out of the encroaching flames. You're about to rush over and join their effort when a sudden groan from above draws your gaze. You're horrified by the sight of sight you behold ahead. One of the large crossbeams that supports the roof has buckled and its massive, flaming bulk is pummeling towards you. You've but scant seconds to react to save your life. Okay, now, if I remember correctly, this is the check that can kill you. So I've got four options. Attempt to leap to safety, use destruction, Telekinesis or fortification? I'll go for destruction. Succeeded. Phew. 16 XP to destruction. In the grip of a powerful wave of negative Neville energy you've summoned, the very fa fabric of the plummeting wooden beam is pulled apart and rapidly disintegrates. A shower of wooden shards and flaming debris rains down on the floor of the stables. A far cry from the massive beam that would have killed you instantly. Without delay, you've rushed forward to join the townsfolk attempting to effect an escape. Effect an escape from the blazing... What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Structure. You reach, reach the trap. Trap Townsoak and immediately join the two men in their death 
who are desperately trying to cut a makeshift opening in the wall with their axes. The flames have nearly reached you, and at last, the tough wooden wall is breached. You help the people safely through the jaggy portal, and, and, are, the, and are the last to leave the collapsing structure. As you emerge from the breach in the stable wall, you are met by the two axe-wielding men. They thank you for coming to their aid, and tell you they will now leave the others to safety. You... <coughs> You will do wise to flee this place, stranger, says one of the men as he departs. There's nothing left here now. They, these masked men came seeking Jaffor, but he has not been here in ages. They will surely continue to ravage this town, if only out of spite. He wished them luck, and watched as the fleeing townsfolk depart. There's one, comes a sinister voice from behind. Your steel nerves, your nerve steel for what can only be a looming confrontation. Two masked swordsmen, each holding a flaming torch, have rounded you to, rounded you to the corner of the stables and are making their way towards you. The two men cast aside their torches and draw their blades as they continue their approach. Suddenly, one of them gestures in the direction of the fleeing town, so before, but before they can change, change course and head after the larger group, you boldly hop into their path and stand defiantly between them and their helpless prey. Two masked swordsmen. Hey, enough war crimes from you. Okay, no more war crimes. They slash at you. The enemy deals you a savage well-placed strike for nine damage. Your foe cuts a deadly arc with his blade for eight damage. And they are slain. 13 XP. The bloody corpses of the two swordsmen are part of defeat. A quick search of, their rem of the remains reveals the following. Common weapons, two, two common longswords and one dagger, and 18 gold tokens. With the townsfolk having fled into the relative safety of the forest, you allow yourself several moments to recover from your exertions. Your rest does not last long, however. A blood-curdling scream comes from the direction of the town's main thoroughfare. You set out at once towards the unnerving sound, fearful of what you may find at its source. Okay. A judgment of death. Moving in the direction of the blood-curdling stream. Scream. You arrive at the edge of the town's main thoroughfare, where you are greeted by a gruesome sight. In the middle of the thoroughfare stands a hulking forest troll, towering over a, a cowering man on the, ground, on the ground at his feet. The bodies of two humans, both of their heads missing, lie nearby. You realise the helpless man is about man is about to receive the same judgment of death already levelled on two of his kin. But even even before even before the cruel beast begins to raise its heavy stone axe. You must act quickly. Alright. Rush forward and let's, I've got a few options here. Rush forward and attack the troll. Not to now and take aim at the troll. You have the power of illusion and wish to use it. I think it's two into this to care. If you have the power of telekinesis and wish to use it. If you have the power of fortification and wish to use it. Or elementalism. Fortification. Yes, yes, I'm just... Yeah, that's what I'm going for. Channeling it. 16 XP to fortification. The troll's mighty blow glances harmlessly off the invisible barrier now protecting his intended victim. The troll wars with rage as it stares down in disbelief at what just occurred. Now, if Charles I really was God's chosen, that's what would have happened when we tried to execute him. He just went bling, bling, bling. Oh, oh I, I Guess he was chosen by God. 
God, could you choose someone better? <sighs> uh, uh, we, we are so going to hell. <laughs> yeah. Although admittedly, a lot of us were going to hell before. Seizing the opportunity, the man leaps to his feet and prepares to flee. You call out to him and he turns in your, and sprints in your direction. Together you manage to escape to the wellest of safety of the forest at the edge of town. When you are a safe distance from the ravaged town, you stop to speak with the man you, you have rescued. He thanks you repeatedly for saving his life and tells you that he knows about these masked waders and their troll counterparts. You learn that the masked men and the trolls arrived a little over two hours ago and quickly engaged and defeated the town's militia. They then, they then proceeded to search for a man by the name of Jaffor, tortured and subsequently killed several of the residents of Kroistan in the process. Ugh. Things would have been a lot different if I'd have been here two hours earlier. Oh, if only I hadn't had that lie in earlier. Jaffor, Jaffor's not been back in Joe's Khan for several years, says the man. He was our resident mage at one time. His daughter, Eulari, is a spellcaster on her own white. She is here. He, she's still alive. Last I knew, she had a small bat. She and a small band were tapped in the old mill on the northern edge of town, fighting hard against these mass devils. Her power is not insignificant, and I don't doubt she could hold on her bay for a while, but certainly not forever. The band seems to fear how seems to fear lingering about any longer, and he prepares to set off through the forest. My wife and children fled at the opposite of the way, he tells you. I must try and catch up with them now, for they will no doubt be fearful of my safety, and for good reason. I can't thank you enough, stranger. We are wise to, you would be wise to leave this place yourself. There is no hope against such evil. Oh, no, 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 no. There's always hope when Sir Croakington's around. Unless you're Vark. No, no, no. No, 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 no. You bid the men farewell and wish him luck on the road ahead. Despite his parting warning, you have no intention of abandoning the town and those who may still be trapped here, fighting for their lives against an unrelenting and overpowering enemy. It's obvious that whoever these mass men are, the hope of finding the man named Jaffa is what led them here. The only hope is that his daughter, Uluri, can shed some light on it all. Realising this will only be accomplished if she remains alive, you strike out at once for the old mill on the northern edge of town. You pray you are not already too late. Yeah, yes, and the thing, thing about these first proving grounds is you don't get any experience at the end of each, at the end of each, each, uh, what's it called? Ah. Uh, Scenarios, chapter, part, segment. I'm sure there's an official term, but I don't sing it here. Okay, one more chapter, part three, a turn of events. Amidst the chaos and confusion that runs rampant in the burning town, some questions are answered. And an ally is revealed. The old mill. Recap of the most recent events. Well, I, you've literally just heard that. So... You don't need to... You don't need to have me reading it. This was needed at the time. Because often there was a... There was a, a, few, a couple of days gap between one segment and the next... Why they were why they were being released, but now that you can see them all at once, it's not not necessary. So I'm just going to skip that, and now the adventure begins. 
The old mill, unused for the better part of fifty years, stands just at the northern edge of town, next next to the elbow of the swift stream that once powered its mighty wheel. It is obvious at first glance that a great battle has been waged here recently. You count the bodies of seven of the masked waders. Masked waders strewn about the road in front of the mill. At least three of the dead waders show signs of having been, bad, been, have, having been badly burned. This will use your hope, for you can only assume this means they met met their fate at the hands of a skilled mage. Uloi may yet be alive. From the cover of the forest, you watch the mill for several minutes, but can see no sign of any movement, either within or without. So I can approach the front or the back, or I can use divination for some clues. Divination. You sense that danger lurks in the forest behind the old mill. So move around the back of the mill, because I've got to fight all the dangers. You make your way through the woods towards the back of the mill, hoping to retrieve or hope conceal your approach from any unwanted eyes. Suddenly, you spot a group of three of the masked waders sneaking through the woods in the same direction, only 50 yards from where you stand. Well, I can't let these guys get to the mill and join the siege. One of the masked men spots you and alerts the others. Three of them start towards you at rapid pace, their swords drawn, as they move swiftly through the tangled undergrowth. Notch an arrow and take aim at your closest foe, or face their attack. Arrow time. You notch an arrow and take aim at the closest of the three men, waiting until you're able to get a clear shot, picking a number. Bonus of 28. All of it from archery. So it's about one third of your... 28. Oh, that's not, that's not a third, because that'd be about 23. Yeah. It's some ratio of 21 here. Anyhow. 40% of it or something? Anyhow. For, oh, oh, yeah, it's boosted by having the Grand Ashen Bow. So originally it would probably be... Probably it'd be less than that. Anyway, I've got to get four or more to do the hard shot. 53, success. Twang! 8xp to archery. Your speeding shaft cuts down the selected target, but his two cohorts are not phased by his sudden demise. They continue towards you, and in the matter of moments are upon you, two masked swordsmen. The mass swordsman clash at you, slash at you. Your deals you a savage, well-placed strike for ten damage. More stabbing, and they are down. Thirteen XP. You're attempting to catch your breath following the brutal engagement when suddenly the weird door of the mill is thrown open, and a man in a scarred leather breastplate holding a crossbow emerges. He tells you to hurry inside and heed his words without hesitation, and are ushered into the old mill. The man leads you into a small room at the rear of the mill, and you soon find yourself the target of scrutinising stares for a dozen armed men. The men are fitted in leather armour of poor quality, and wield a motley array of barely adequate we weapons, leading you to draw the conclusion that you look upon a hastily conceived high fighting force. Uh, I've, I've got some better weapons you can have. Yes, yes, I'm just going to drop this sturdy long sword on the ground. One of you can pick it up. Yeah, there we are. <laughs> I, of course, of course they can't pick it up. Or at least they, they, can't, they can't be written as picking up. But I assume they did. The young woman... The young woman holding a tall wooden staff... Who, who you previously did not notice, steps forward from the group. Her grime streaked face and leather-scarred breastplate betraying the brutal struggles in which she has recently been involved. 
She regards you with a curt nod and asks you your name when you apply. She introduces you, sir. Yourself is your lie. And he tells you that you look upon all that remains of armed resistance in Terrace Khan. Yes. I've heard of you, Sir Crokington, says Yorley, as she and the others in the room relax their guards. It's either divine providence or folly that led you here in our alley of need. Yet, even with such an illustrious name to swell our depleted ranks, it's clear the odds stay ever against us. Even now our enemy must be regrouping. They will no doubt return here, the greater force that we are capable of repelling. We cannot stay here much longer. You learn that the men in the womb are not militia, but rather simple townsfolk who have rallied you, Lowry, seeking to help her father, Jathor, find straight, straight, safe passage out of Cherus Khan. My father is here, in the old mill, she says softly, as if she fears being overheld. He had returned to town several months ago to live out his few remaining years in the obscurity of the west, in the obscurity the western frontier offers. I alone knew this. Yet it would seem that those that seek to misuse his knowledge have found him, and our time to act grows short. Yolari tells you that her father is a major great skill. Those knowledge regarding shadow paths and their corresponding shadow gate, gate is unparalleled throughout the realms. Okay, let's click these links. Shadow path. A shadow path is a dimensional width between the world of Swift and the Nevenus that manifests in the form of a swirling black or grey vortex. During the age of Alderaan, there existed many magical gateways between the world of Swift and the shadowy Neville realm, the Nevenus. At Alderaan's the first age where Seer came over. The, gate, the gateways came to be known as Shadow Pass, for they were portals to the darkest, most nightmarish regions of the Nevelus. The Shadow Pass were, were only a small element of the much larger wisps between Swift and the Nevelus that existed during the Age of Storms. During the Age of Adawan, the people and nations of Swift waged a nearly endless battle against the evil creatures of shadow that use these port portals of points of invasion from their dark, liberal realm. Corrid, a powerful Navari spellcaster, was the first to discover a potent magic that could seal off these Neverall gateways. As a member of the Grey Circle, he caught his powerful magic to many in the Brotherhood of Mages. Thus, through through the efforts of the mages of the Grey Circle, nearly all the shadow paths that plagued Swift were sealed. When the shadow path was sealed, in its wake, the sealers left a sizable slab of stone known as a shadow gate. The, sh the, the shadow gates are covered with a cryptic code of ruins. The code of ruins is, was actually a powerful counterspell that if deciphered correctly, could be invoked to destroy the shadow path gate and reopen the shadow path. Corrid had created the complex coded counterspell in the event that his own magic should ever require undoing. Realising the danger posed by the counterspell, Corrid created only one copy of the cipher needed to decrypt his code. The cipher filled nearly 300 pages and when complete, Corrid gave the weighty tome to the head of his order, the Grey Mage, for safekeeping. An unlocked shadow gate may once again be locked, locked by a, gate, by a mage with a high enough level of mastery in the spear of gating. There are also magical items that are imbued with the ability to, to relock shadow gates. The only way to unlock a locked shadow gate through the use of Corrid's cipher, which is by all accounts a protected artifact in the keeping of the Grey Mage. So, 
We can't get it, and we don't want it. A shadow path with no accompanying shadow gate. A very dangerous thing indeed. Can be closed by a mage with a very high level of mastery in the spear of gazing. It is a dangerous proposition for though. The failure of such an attempt can have disastrous results. Shadow gates. Oh, shadow gates just links to the same thing. He has nearly the entirety of Croyd's cipher committed to memory, she says. And no one, no one is more versed in the pathways between this realm and the Nevenous, save perhaps the Grey Mage. Tis this knowledge and his insight into the cipher that our enemies are after. Of this I am certain. They must not get what they seek. Yorari believes, and you can't help but agree, that these mask raiders and the silent spellcaster who seems to lead them have come to Quarys Tarn to retrieve her father, no doubt seeking to utilise him to unlock a shadow gate as the means to an end of some insidious design. The silent fiend. All the mastery serves must not succeed, he says. All I life I have nerd nothing but the horror that's an open shadow path invites into the world. Well, surely someone could put a shadow path to a nice place for once. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Shadow path. To a shadow path to the... A shadow path to the realm of octopuppies. <laughs> yes, do they just, just come forward and come out the shadow path and hug everyone? And then, then they go back again. Because they're very busy. They've got a lot of worlds to hug. An open shadow path in the hands of such a vicious lot as this would spell destruction. A hundredfolds the like, some of which we've seen here, this, here today. Yuri tells you that the original plan was to move a father Jaffor out of town under the cover of darkness and not return. We would flee east to Trithic or perhaps north and cross the wither, she says. But alas, I fear we can no longer hold out that long. Light is too long coming to hope to resist this enemy, should they launch another assault. A fish we shall have to risk moving. Two loud crashes mingled with the splintering of wood. It whops simultaneously the foot, front and back entrances of the mill. Without a word, the armed company draws their weapons and divides. Six men charging to the weir of the building and six splinting to the floor. Uri mutters a brief prayer and twirls a tall wooden staff. Once before striding to the front of the mill, the assault she feared is on. Okay. If she's at the front, then, then they are prob they're probably going to be okay. So I'm going to go to the weir. Then they'll have then they'll have powerful mages on both sides. To the weir. You charge to the weir of the mill. Follow closely, following closely behind the six arms, armed horsemen, townsmen, not horsemen, townsmen, the horsemen. Are the bad guys. The four masked swordsmen have broken down the door and entered the building. They leap forward and instantly engage the selected targets, cutting down two of the townsmen almost instantly. Whew. You instantly, you quickly find yourself cornered by two of the masked assailants, who seem to regard you with a good deal of caution as they move in to strike. So, masked swordsmen begin combat. They slash at you, keep slashing, and they are slain. 13 XP. The two swordsmen topple over dead, and you spin to see see how, how the townsmen are faring against the attackers. You're quite dismayed to discover not a single townsman is alive. To the man, they've been mercilessly cut down by their assailants. Oh, I wasn't very much help at all, was I? Ah, oh, this 
This is going to be adding to the Bagilt Mountain. It's a, it's a bounty. It just keeps getting higher. Of all those I couldn't save. And in one case, wouldn't save. Wasting no time. You charge at one of the mass swordsmen. The speed, speed of your attack, catching him somewhat off guard. Ah, revenge and stuff. Okay, wait. In, here it comes, here it comes, here comes my attack. I'm charging up my attack. It's going to be a very devastating attack once it actually hits. Yep, 20 damage to them. And then 24, and then 3. And then 16. Yep, didn't. Stab, stab, stab. Three stabs, they die. 12 XP. You step over the body of the fallen swordsman and are at once met by a, by a pair of his mass cohorts. They come at you from both sides, their blades slicing the air within inches of your head. Two mass swordsmen. Stab, 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 stab. 13 XP. The mass swordsmen are all dead. You stand at the, at, stand at the ready for several moments. Your eyes trained on the smashed door. But no more enter. The lone survival of the brutal combat. You turn and sprint for the front of hunt sprint for the front of the mill, hoping to find you'll be in time to aid Uriari and the others. You arrive at the front of the hill and nearly stumble over the smouldering carcass of a troll sprawled across the gate doorway. A bright flash of light fills the room and a bolt of blue flame sailing, sailing, sails through the air, slamming into the chest of a towering forest troll. The fatally wounded beast emits a pain, painful gasp and collapses to the floor in a semi-charred heap. Yuri turns to face you and screams for you to duck. You instinctively obey the desperate command as she levels the staff at something behind you and unleashes a wide arc of blue flame. An agonised wall go, goes up from behind you as the arc of flame cuts a clear, cuts clear through the forest troll whose club was poised to deal you a deadly blow. The wicked beast slumps to the floor, joining the carcass of five of its kin. There are no more of the enemy left alive. But it is a grim scene to behold. All the townsmen have been killed, leaving you and Yuari as the sole survivors of the savage battle. Oh, if only someone had named them, then they'd probably survive. Suddenly, Yuari shrieks in alarm, rushes out the mill. You follow suit, not worrying what, what prompted a hasty exit, but prepared to face whatever awaits you outside. Outside the mill, an unsettling sight greets, greets you. Two mass swordsmen have just slung, slung a limp body of an elderly man over the back of a horse, while another pair of waders stands nearby. The, their sword, their blades slick with fresh blood. The swordsman digs his, he, his heels into his mouth and steps out. And sets out, sets off at a rapid pace north out of town. Jathor has been taken. Yari cries out in anguish as the horse bearing the unmoving body of her, of her father disappears from view around a bend in the road. The four swordsmen who remain seem determined to prevent you from taking up pursuit and quickly move to encircle you and Yulari. Spare, spare nothing on these masked wats, Sir Croakington, scowls Ulari, loud enough for the encroaching swordsman to hear. You squirt, hmm, masked wats, could they be Kogari? Then they'll be literally masked wats. You, you square off against two on your right. Well, well, Yulari boldly moves against the pair on your left. Yep, we're going half seas on him. The mass swordsmen slash out at you and a slay. 13 XP. Having dispatched your two mass assailants, you turn to Adiari. 
only to discover she is standing over the smoldering remains of her two foes. She smiles grimly and stabs the butt end of her staff into the ground in anger. There is little time, Sir Crokington, she says, her concern present in every aspect of her demeanour. We can only assume this foe will move quickly, achieve whatever end they need my father to bring about. Our only hope is to move swiftly against them and strike before they've had the chance to act out their schemes, whatever they may be. Ulari believes the departing rider has taken her father to an encampment somewhere north of town. The men and trolls who twice attempted to take the mill always come from the north. She says, I suspect they launched their waves, raid on Cryostain from, from the camp in some some camp in the wilds up this way. It is where we must go, that is, if you will go with me. I cannot possibly ask you to accompany on a mission that would seem to defy foolhardy. Rai is taken aback when you meet her in a shoulder cross. Yep, and they jump on the shoulder and then, you know, as I said, I'm famous, so they know, everyone knows how, how, how we do it when you're tiny. <laughs> you also reassure her that she'll see her father alive and well. She smiles and thanks you. Let us not delay. The town is in no further danger of wager, as these mass brigands were what they came for. They fear no one, it seems, and may such insolence prove their undoing. They will watch the world, so we had best move under the cover of the forest. You enter the woods and begin making your way swiftly wood north, leaving the smoking ruin of Curry's time behind. And more than a, for more than an hour, you trek through the dense, tangled forest, till at last you pass over the back of a small wise and come upon your first obstacle, the first sign you want, the trail of the enemy. And that is the end of that scenario. And that's enough for now. The next part is called In Pursuit of the Enemy. The ways to say Jathel leads you to the doorstep of the enemy and it's called A Path of Peril. But that will not be for for now. Next episode we'll be continuing that. But until then... Farewell, fellow adventurers.